Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Expanding Life Podcast, episode niner. Niner. Jared B. Singer and Ryan Roach here. Nine. Getting ready to discuss a few more hot topics, uh, some information that we feel like is really beneficial uh, for you guys, and, and hopefully we can shine some light on some things, provide some insight. Yep. And, uh, and, and as you listen actively, it might strike a... A quarter two for you. So, um, we want to just kind of jump right into into uh, into the topic. But um, for those who have worked with uh, Encore for a while, um, we have a philosophy of commitments versus goals, and having really both provide a, a purpose, a solution, um, and and they serve they they serve different things. Um, if I can try to articulate it for a for a quick second. Um, a commitment is a no matter what. It is a blood goal, right? It's it's you're going to do it um, re- regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the variables. Um, if I were to to take an application, or or if I were to, man, I'm dude, I'm not talking very well today. Um, I think you're doing a great job. Well, thank Ryan. you. If I were to look at the day in a life, or I should say, even the week in a life of a pro or a tech. And maybe they have a commitment that they will get six pitched leads. Maybe they're brand new and they're like, I will commit, right, to get six pitched leads. That means that if it is Saturday morning and they are at one, that doesn't change. It doesn't mean that you you retool. It doesn't mean that you go back to the drawing board and then you lower that commitment. It you know, in, in the word in and of itself means that you will do it no matter what. So it means that, go, you know what, you call up your, your significant other, you know, I might be out here till 2 a.m. And it might be snowing and, you know, it might be a hurricane and it doesn't matter. It means that we do it no matter what. And so, you know, when, when we talk about it in such an extreme sense, that means that you just don't go and commit to everything, right? A lot of times in sales... As we go through goal-setting sessions, the optimism in a salesperson just throws numbers out there because it makes them feel good, and they think that it PRs well, and they think that it inspires other people or themselves, and it it just doesn't really serve anyone if we just never, ever, ever, ever hit it, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think it's going about it in a way that you will do it no matter what, no matter what. And so I think um, an opportunity that sales leaders can have in their team meetings is that when people put out commitments is you really hold their feet to the fire. Um, you know, you might go to Johnny, Johnny sets, you know, I'm going to get three sales this week and you go, that's your commitment. He's like, yes, I will get it. And you go, Johnny, you have never done three sales. And in fact, you said three for four weeks in a row, but you continue to be short of the mark. So are you really going to do it? Um, or what are you going to do differently that you've done up until now? Because you have to convince me. Because three has not been happening, nor do I see any line of sight on, when, on where it can. Um, and so I think it's, it's really useful for leaders to understand that. And I would almost rather people err on the side of conservative when they, meet, when they make their commitments, just knowing that we are always, always going to hit them. Um, and I shouldn't say always, 98% of the time. Yeah. 
If it's always, there's also a good chance that maybe you've overcorrected and you're playing a small game. You're like, every single week I just hit it, I just hit it. And you're like killing your commitment. That's also not serving a purpose, right? But then the other flip of the coin is we do want to lean into the optimism that salespeople naturally have. And and there is something inspiring about shooting for a big goal, right? But there's, I'm going to hit my commitment no matter what, and then I'm going to shoot for the goal. The goal's exciting, inspires me. It gets me up early in the morning, keeps me up late at night. It's one of those things that I sit and I talk to Jared, and I go, Jared, what if I did this? How incredible would that be? And you're like, that would be so awesome if we did it. That's when a goal really serves a purpose. I, I kind of like to use this, uh, this analogy of a space shuttle, right? Mm. And when a space shuttle lifts off, at least traditionally, who knows what SpaceX has got going on, but traditionally, you've got the space shuttle going up, and on either side, you have the rocket boosters, right? I look at the rocket boosters as the goal, mm. right? And it gives you that lift. But what happens to the rocket boosters? They eventually fall off back to Earth. And then there's different, you know, propulsion that takes the shuttle all the way into space. That's the commitment. No matter what, that's what we're going to do. And then uh, you, get a, you get that additional powerful lift, at least at first, from those goals. So I think both can serve a purpose. But I think the one that most people fail to really understand is exactly what a commitment is. Yeah. And the way that, and you articulated that really well, a commitment for us is obviously a really, really set target. And to use another analogy, I imagine like if you wanted to go up and let's say, Ryan, you wanted to pick up archery. I'm not sure how good your archery skills are. Uh, but, But imagine somebody goes and picks up archery. They're like, I want to become so good. But I'm never going to aim. I'm actually not even going to have a set target or destination. You realistically, if that was the case, you could practice for years and years and never really know if you got any better. Yeah. Right. Obviously, the way that you would know you would get you were getting better and say something like archery, you could use a lot of those examples, is you having a defined target. Typically, probably that's a bullseye, right? And you knowing, cool, oh, sweet. When I first started, I was not even hitting the target at all. I wasn't even hitting the, the I was nowhere near it. But now, after I've done it in a few years, I'm getting closer and closer and closer and closer to now where I can hit a bullseye pretty consistently. And so I think that what that trains your mind is obviously you have a defined target. And then your brain starts to work towards, like, okay, cool, how, how, how is everything affecting my shot? It's my breathing. I'm, I'm more conscious aware of my breathing. I need to make sure I completely exhale before I take the shot. I need to take into account the wind. I need to take into account other environmental factors, right? And I think that's the, what happens as well for us when we do commitments and sales is we become more aware of everything that goes into the business of hitting a commitment or hitting a target in this example. And so when somebody goes and says, well, you know, well, they just want us to set a commitment or a goal because it's what the organization wants. Yeah. And I always say that's incorrect. That's, that's not correct. It actually goes back into our brand ideal of expanding life. And we're so, we are intensely focused on our people developing and growing that we want them to become aware of what the target is and their mind and body being able to see, see, see it through to where then they go and hit the target. Yeah. Because that's going to be jet fuel for them. Yeah. Right? It's going to help them grow. It's going to help them progress. Ryan Tracy talks about this a lot. He talks about how how do you gain confidence in something that you've never done before? And that's by making and keeping commitments. Yeah. 
And so if you're brand new and you've like, I've never done this before, Ryan, uh, how do I know, how do I know what my goal or commitment should be? Say, cool. Well, a commitment should be something that, you know, you can count on, you can hit with, like you said, 98% certainty. Yeah. Uh, and right now, obviously we read 40X, the four disciplines of execution talks about the whirlwind. Uh, and I think a lot of people misconstrue these two things, uh, a goal and a commitment. And they think, you know, the week's gone by. <coughs> oh, well, I didn't hit my commitment because I, I was, I took a lot of phone calls. Or I did a lot of follow-ups or <laughs> pencils needed to be sharpened. Pencils need to be sharpened. Papers need to be straightened no matter what <laughs> the excuse is. Right. And it's like, all right, this is an, uh, this is a learning. This is a edu- educational uh, opportunity. You're not seeing the point of a commitment, right? A commitment is something you do regardless of what happens in the external world, right? Yeah. Honestly, a commitment doesn't care about the stuff that happens in your life. Yep. It just doesn't. And you need to be so intensely focused on that target and doing everything you can to go from point A to point B uh, with the short, shortest amount of distance in between those two things so that you're so intensely focused on hitting that target. It's going to help to build your confidence. And I've always said this, is it good for your leaders and for Ryan to have confidence in your ability to produce? Yes, but that's secondary. What's first should happen is that you're able to, to gain confidence and belief in your ability to produce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That way, then that's going to transfer onto your leaders soon enough. Once you've hit your commitments over and over and over and over and over again, all of a sudden now you have just this calmness to where I am a producer, whatever I say I am going to do, I can go and do it. Yeah. You like it, speak it into existence. Yes. Yeah. You speak into existence. And so now back to the archery example, you're so aware of everything that's happening. You're so aware of your breathing. You're so aware of the environments. You're so aware of the wind and how it's going to shift your shot to hit the target. So the same thing happens for you. You become so much more aware about how my morning routine, you're so aware of how many doors it takes for you to knock, to be able to get a, a, a lead set, how many lead set it takes to get a pitch lead, how many pitch leads it takes to get a contract signed, right? So on and so forth. So it just helps you to really narrow in your focus, especially when you're brand new and you're so like, got to do a hundred things, you know? Yeah. Um, it helps you to be calm, set the target. Doesn't have to be super lofty. Once you've hit that. Awesome. Now let's increase it a little bit and go yeah. from there. Yeah. I, I think a pro tip as well is, you know, if, if to, to take something from sports psychology and a concept that I love is what, what they call an egocentric goal or task, or we could even say commitment here versus, um, or I should say an egocentric goal versus a task-oriented goal, right? And I feel like a task-oriented goal in many ways should also be almost synonymous with a commitment, right? Because a lot of times um, if you want to go, okay, I'm committing to two sales this week or I'm committing to seven pitched leads, it's, it's egocentric in nature because it's not – very controllable. Now, you know that you can do work. And if you do certain amount of work, work, you work hours and you dial in your pitch and you make sure you talk to this many customers, like there are things that you can do that will, that will contribute to you hitting that egocentric goal. But what I would recommend is that, especially at first, when you don't really know what you can expect, commit around things that you can control. Mm-hmm. You know, around, you know, maybe it's it's hours worked or, um, you know, an effort level or something in that sense that you know that is in, within your realm 
of control, right? Because a lot of times what happens is this is why, why, why people let off the gas or why they give up too soon or why they justify the reason why they're off target is because with an egocentric goal and a number, it's tough to wrap your mind around. And when you find yourself off track, most people will, will feel a lack of motivation, They'll go, oh, well, I'm not on pace anyway, so so why keep giving a, a, a try? And, and that's the type of stuff that you've been discussing. So I would say, you know what, if you are, when you are establishing your commitments, just make sure that you can control them. And here's the thing is like, you get to a place in your career in sales when you know that as long as you do the work, you will hit that number target. Yeah. And, and I think then those commitments can evolve to a number like that. You're like, man, as long as I put in the work, I do three no matter what, mm-hmm. every time, as long as I put in the work, you know, and you've seen a pattern that over and over and over and over again, I have no problem at that point, but especially early on, commit to things that you know you can control, um, that will, that will still give you hopefully at the end, a pretty cool result anyway. Yeah. So, and I love that advice. I think that's great, great advice. I was talking to some new solar pros about this actually recently. And we, I posed, posed a question. It's like, Hey, you're brand new. Maybe it's your first job. And you want to be able to go and make a six-figure income. Well, if you're brand new, you don't have a lot of knowledge, don't have a background, it's totally fine. But you're probably asking yourself, I want to go make $100,000. I have no idea what to do, right? Like that is what we call a lag measure, right? Yeah. That's obviously over a long period of time. And I think there's been a lot of focus, uh, especially for somebody who's new, of like, just focus on the result, focus on the result, focus on the result. It's like, cool, I'm going to focus on $100,000 or $200,000, whatever the amount is. I'm going to focus, I'm going to begin with the end in mind. And that's good. You got to always hold on to what the result is, what the end result is. But then to take it a step further, you have to go to the next place, which is focusing on lead measures, right? And so those little activities that are going to show up in the overall lag measure of, let's just say, uh, $100,000 or $200,000 a year income, and so they always say with a great lead measure, it, it has two attributes. It's influenceable and it's predictable, right? Uh, we know, and for instance, door knocking, like we know, cool, if you go and knock this many doors and if you go and give the pitch this many times, you eventually will set a lead. Yes. Like the law of large yep. numbers is going to play in your favor. Yes. The opposite, is, the opposite can also be true to where if you don't ever knock a door, I want to go make $100,000 through door-to-door sales, and I'm just never going to talk to anybody. So, okay, cool. I love that you have that end result in mind, but you're not, you're not, you're not uh, living into the lead measures, those little daily activities that are going to help lead you to the overall goal, which is a lag measure. And so that's why we focus so much on 70 doors a day, 70 doors a day. If you can yeah. control nothing else in your life, 70 doors a day or 80 doors a day. Yep. And then after a few weeks, you see, cool, am I on pace for the lag measure? Am I on pace for the year-end target? And then maybe you need to increase it to 90 doors, yeah. right? Maybe you're not as efficient and that's okay. You need to do 90 doors. Or maybe you're like, man, I'm like crushing it at this. I'm crushing it at 80. I feel like I'm a little rushed on my pitch though. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of pitch leads, a lot of contracts signed. I'm actually going to focus now on 70 doors a day or 60 doors a day. But now my lead measure is going to be how many times I can get, get through my entire pitch uh, during that. one day. Man, you know? that's, it's all such good counsel, like such, such good coaching. Because, yeah, as, as you progress, right, at, at first, 
where you don't have the skill sets yet, you can make up for it with work ethic, yeah. right? Which is just like you said, putting in more hours, more hours, more hours, right? And I think, I think what sometimes reps will fall in the trap of is they just start to work less, but they're getting the same results they were always getting, but now they're working less. Um, and, and that's where we start to see problems like the sophomore slump, right? They just, they, they, they start to give themselves a pass. They don't need to work as much. And then all of a sudden the, the numbers start to dip. The reason that the doors knocked should go down at once you get more proficient is you're having more conversations, mm-hmm. right? You're keeping customers on the doorstep. You're getting a higher conversion of yeses, which takes up more time, right? So once again, it's still being absolutely committed to that overall commitment, right? Or, or that overall goal that you're trying to chase. But then, like you said, your lead measures might change, which a lot of times might be synonymous with the commitment that you're making as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, a- another principle that I think um, relates really well to this is the difference between expectations and agreements. You know, I think, I think a lot of times as sales leaders, we look at somebody and we, we know what we, or I should say, we think we know what they are capable of. Um, and maybe they're, they're not make, you know, meeting the mark. And so we'll go, Hey, look, this is, this is what you need to do. You need to do this, this, and this. And if you do that, then you're going to hit these numbers and, and yes, yeah, sometimes as good coaches, we might be able to see things that they can't see and provide that counsel, right? But I think a more powerful, uh, a more powerful strategy is finding a way to consistently live in agreements instead of expectations. Because a lot of times, you know, you see these leaders like, he knows that he should be doing that. Mm. She knows, she knows this. Like, come on, she knows this. Right, but I think a lot of times in leadership, unless you have articulated that one plus one is in fact two, right? You can't expect them to just know that, especially when this is a new muscle, and you you just expect them to have the certain type of behavior that's going to lend well to whatever that outcome is. Um, and so it's it's more of a creative process with your people. It's going, Jared. Hey, you know what? Like, um, let's let's talk about what what we think you're capable of. And, uh, you know, as a first stab at it, this is what I think. I think that you're probably capable of this. Like, what do you think? Oh man, like, I don't know. Like, like I was thinking more something like this and you have like a kind of a back and forth where you both eventually arrive at the conclusion of this is what we're going for. And I'm cool with it. Are you sure you're cool with it? Okay, great. We have an agreement, Right. It's such a more powerful way than just going, this is what you need to do and you have to do it. And if you don't, then you're dead to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, far too often we, I still think lean too heavily on militaristic style of leadership. And I get it that at certain points in our history, maybe even till this day in certain forums that can serve a purpose. But I think for the vast majority, it, it doesn't really bode well for most leaders if they're going to go about it that way. So having some type of enrolling conversation with this, uh, it, it, from my experience, tends to go so much better. Gosh, I want like I know we're out of time. I really want to talk about this though because when you gave that example of like she knows this or he knows this, I'm like, oh, like Ryan's talking about me when we first started not, working together. I'm not. I- Definitely not. Well, no, but I, I do remember that. Be, that was such a powerful lesson. I remember you taught me when we first started working together. And it's just, once again, like, that's why it's, 
proximity is power. The people that you're around, they can help to shape your beliefs. They can help to shape your behaviors. And I remember like, I'd never been around another leader that was like that. And so I remember even like little things to where somebody just placed an event on your calendar and just expect you yeah. to be there. Like, even yeah, I love that. Yeah. And you didn't do that, but we had no, other leaders, executive leaders yeah. just throw it on there. It was, yeah. it was free. I'm like, well, did I have an agreement? Yeah. Did we have an agreement? Oh. We did not. No, we did not. And I, I, <laughs> dude, it took me like probably a couple, a couple years to like really fully embrace it. But it was such a beautiful principle for me to learn. Once again, I hadn't been around another leader that operated that way. And like now, I can't imagine. I can't imagine my leadership style being any any different. Like I could not go back to how it was before because it was so terrible how, how I was doing it before. Because I more so operated from that like expectation. Like, oh, we should just know that. Yeah, you, you should just know that. You should just do that. You should have known that. It was in the handbook on page one hundred and one, <laughs> section C. You know, uh, it's on you. Paragraph three. You should memorize everything. But uh, that is so much more beautiful because knowing we are humans, we're imperfect, we're going to make mistakes. And like you said, it's getting them enrolled, yeah. right? And so as opposed to like staring face to face with somebody and being like, you need to do this. I feel like visually it's more so getting up alongside them, kind of shoulder to shoulder and saying, hey, is, it, is this cool? Can we be in agreement with this? And people are going to be so much more workable. They're going to be, they're going to want to go to work with you. Yeah if you behave and if you act like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that there is a, a word that I love to use is, is you honor your agreements, yeah. you honor, which also means that you don't say yes to every damn thing that crosses your desk. True. Right. Like, like lesson. there is a lesson I've been trying to learn. <laughs> I'll, do <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. That's me. I'll do it. Um, but, but it's, it's being really conscious of going, is this something that I really want to commit to? Because I want to give everything I possibly can to the things that I say yes to mm. and not to the things that I that I, I just don't want to commit to or or I'm okay with committing to it, but not right now. Mm. Hey, I, I really want to do this for you. I'm, I really want to, just not right now. This is when when I can do it. But it also means that, you know, if you honor your agreements, it means that you show up. It means that you're not the person who rolls in two minutes late like everyone and their dog does. And, and you just go, no big deal. I'm, I'm two minutes late. No big deal. No, if you're going to honor that commitment, it means that you honor the person that you have that agreement with, yeah. right? And it means that I understand that you're, that, that my time's valuable, but clearly yours is as well. And I want to make sure that, hey, if we are on a, in agreement with this, you get all of me. You get everything. I'm completely present right here and right now. There's nothing else. It's just me and you and whatever we're, we're involved in, whatever we're doing right now. Um, and I think... I think that's where you take the, this structure of agreement to a whole new level is, is, is using that word honor. Yeah. I feel like we could have a whole episode that's just on that. Yeah. I feel like it's yep. really powerful. So, uh, guys, gals, we hope you've enjoyed this episode, number nine of the Expanding Life podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to all of our channels on all platforms as well as submit in anything you feel like uh, you would want us to talk about, anything you feel like would questions or any topics you feel like would be valuable to you. So see you guys.